Lawrence Court was a cul-de-sac lined with sturdy, detached, nineteenth-century red-brick Georgian houses, nearly all of which had been gloriously renovated and massively extended in the last decade. Inside were people accustomed to being ushered to their tables and to having their children accepted by the best universities, who avoided the Christmas rush by employing personal shoppers, and who never queued at banks but instead met with their wealth manager. Most of the driveways parked two SUVs and a slick coupé or fat saloon. Several homes had small yachts resting on their carriages across the lawns. One back garden was illuminated with the blue rectangle of a lit pool. The indicator ticked its second-by-second pulse as David's BMW slowly cruised down Lawrence Court. It was nearly 10 p.m., and all seemed peaceful in this world. He turned off the headlights and pulled up onto the curve. In the circle of the cul-de-sac, a tall hoarding stamped with the logo Maximum Building Services shielded one of the houses. He was greatly pleased at having pulled off the classic coup of buying the worst house on the best street and turning it into the best house on the best street. David, who taught history at Trinity College, naturally considered ancient ruins to be glorious, but hundred-year-old ruins were just sad. In the morning, David and his pregnant wife would finally be moving in. That was why he was there, for a private moment to walk through the finished project and then to have a cigarette at the back, a very special treat, as he hadn't smoked in two years. Then he saw it, Tara's blue Ford Coupé, parked across the road. It was so unlike her to go out alone at night. And why was she here? Had she been planning the same thing? Were they that psychologically attuned to each other? David smiled. Perhaps. But just as he was about to step out of his car to surprise her, he noticed another vehicle next to Tara's, Ryan's white SUV. Footsteps began to echo, breaking the kind of silence that existed only in the neighborhoods of the very rich. They came from behind the ten-foot-high timber enclosure. The hoarding door opened, and in the shadows, a couple kissed. It might not be her. It might be someone else. David knew it wasn't someone else. Crouching down in the seat, he held his breath, as if that would stop the pounding in his ears. Insects whirred about him through the open window. Tara exited the hoarding door alone. Just eight weeks pregnant, she appeared breezy and innocent, as if she'd just picked up a takeaway for a night in. Pointing the key at her Ford, the locks went thunk. As she swept her hands through her shoulder-length auburn hair, the streetlight glinted against the pale round opals clipped to her ears. She had bought them in Prague with David only a few months previously. His hands were damp, his breathing shallow and quick. It was as if he'd just seen water flow upwards. David appreciated even the tiniest details about his wife's past. He knew everything about her. Intimate particulars of her childhood, her family, past lovers, fantasies, previous health issues, her fears, flaws, her jealousies and hatreds. Tara didn't have secrets, except on his birthday and at Christmas. She got into her car to return to their apartment.
There she would wait for David's return from his under-twelves coaching, having no idea that he'd left early and skipped the traditional few pints afterwards with the rest of the backroom team. As she accelerated past his BMW, the tires flattened an empty Coke can. He immediately pictured her driving the way she always did, not paying attention, singing along to the radio, distracted by songs she knew, 1990s songs, whacking the wheel in time and laughing when she got the words right, and then crashing, her body destroyed, her mind extinguished, their unborn child terminated. David caught himself in the rearview mirror, a handsome, forty-year-old man, abruptly suffering from the universal condition of being the unhappy spouse. A bullet of sweat rolled down his forehead. His skull suddenly looked lived in for too long, his full lips shrinking into the lean geometry of his face.